September 23rd marked the official start of fall, which means it's one of our favorite times of year. Yes, fall is a wonderful time of year for a number of reasons, especially in the classroom because apples are back in season. And apples provide so, so many great transdisciplinary learning opportunities. And throughout this episode, we are going to take a deep, deep dive into how to use apples in the classroom and at home to create engaging, hands-on learning opportunities that can enhance your literacy, math, science, and social science studies. And don't forget, all of the activities we're about to discuss are also a whole lot of fun. Welcome to All Things Education with me, Mr. Z. And me, Miss V. We are teachers, and we are going to help you explore the world of education. The sweet, the tough, and the outrageous. And let me tell you, we've seen it all. Using our experience, research, and an occasional guest expert, we'll present fresh perspectives on all things education. Wink. (laughs) I see what you did there. Each episode will be informative and entertaining, and no topic is off limits. Going on walks, you notice the leaves are starting to change. The weather is starting to change and get a little cooler as well, which means we can break out our light sweaters and vests. There are tons of fun fall activities like apple orchards, pumpkin patches, festivals. In fact, the Lincoln Square Apple Fest, always such One a great One of my time. favorites. Yes. The food and drinks are so delish, like warm apple cider, pumpkin spice lattes. Etc. Yeah, I'm not one of those pumpkin spice guys, are you? Mm, I mean, I love a good pumpkin spice. Very <laughs> basic in that sense. Yes, but fall <laughs> is a wonderful time of year for all ages. If you are around kids in any capacity, being a parent, a teacher, an aunt or uncle, or just with your friend's kids, fall can lend itself to many authentic learning opportunities that are really just fun and exploratory. Mm -hmm. And as we mentioned in our introduction, apples are just one facet of fall that can make for a whole transdisciplinary unit of learning. Exactly. Transdisciplinary learning design deepens students' understanding of complex ideas. It kind of links all of those subject areas together. And it's exactly for that reason that we're presenting about our Apple unit at an upcoming national conference that we mentioned in episode one, right? Exactly. And when we say transdisciplinary, it's more than just incorporating apples into, you know, oh, there's a design of apple on the worksheet page, or Mm -hmm. we're putting apples here, we're putting apples there. It's actually about learning about the apples in all facets of the curriculum. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And really using apples to kind of deepen students' understanding of the world around them. And connecting them. So it's not just about using them as decorative. Totally. You know? That's a, Um, a good point to... So let's break down this apple unit so that you can recreate it or pick and choose parts of it to do in your own classroom at home or during a fun play date with friends or extended family. And keep in mind, the activities can be tailored for older ages as well. So we'll mostly describe it in the context of kindergarten, so for five and six-year-olds in this episode. But if you reach out to us, we're happy to give you ideas on how to make it more appropriate and exciting for older learners as well. All right, so let's start in the context of literacy and social studies. Oftentimes, throughout all grade levels, we see these two subject areas linked together Mm -hmm. just because they really naturally go hand in hand. Most of what we read about and write about is what's happening kind of in our world around us um, and taking in historical context and things. So for our Apple unit um, and thinking, again, about literacy, social studies, we always create a themed word wall. So for sure. 
this can be, you know, kind of in a setup specific spot in your room and it can have all these different types of words that you can brainstorm with your students. So for instance, red, yellow, green, core, skin, stem, leaf. You could even talk about foods with apples in mm-hmm. them, right? Apple pie, juice, muffins, cider, all of those types of things. And this is just really to kind of promote that vocabulary acquisition, get that higher level thinking with some of those other apple related words and really to get the students invested. How have they seen apples in their own life thus far? Yeah. And not to jump a little bit ahead, but um, I often will start in a classroom with uh, like a KWL chart. Like what do we already know about apples to sort of like get their prior knowledge activated Mm -hmm. and then to see what they want to learn. So allowing the students to take agency in what we will be learning throughout this topical unit, right? Absolutely. Um, And kind of just for our listeners who might not know what KWL chart is, as Scott uh, mentioned, the K stands for what we know, so that pre-existing knowledge. The W, what we want to know, so what are students eager to learn about. And then finally, the L happens at the end of the unit, which is what did we learn? So kind of that reflection recap piece. Great, great tool that you can use again, in all of the subject areas. And it also allows the teacher and the parent or whoever is, you know, doing these activities with a child to already know what the student knows or about apples already. So Mm -hmm. you don't want to, you know, be redundant. If they already know something, you can just move on and and, um, work on what they want to learn. One of the questions my students had this year was, um, do rainbow uh, do apples come in rainbow colors? Because they knew they're red, green, and yellow. But what about rainbow? Okay. And one of the students is adamant that they have seen rainbow apples before. Oh. So we'll see. We're we're doing the <laughs> research, but and also with the, the themed word wall, also you know creating maybe an anchor chart with prompts like can you describe an apple? Like, is it hard? Is it soft? Is it crunchy? And really get the students thinking and using those words in the vocabulary when they're talking about apples. Absolutely. The five senses are a great way to, you know, talk about kind of adjectives and things like that. So I love that. Um, You know, basic readers are always great, especially for those younger uh, elementary levels. There's a ton of basic readers like apples in the basket, I see one green apple. I see two red apples. So promoting that early literacy, but then also sticking with the apple theme. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those books are great because they're very um, repetitive. So students that are still trying to figure out CVC words, that consonant, um, vowel consonant, or you know some of those sight words, these are great for that. Yeah, it's great practice for the sight words. But just books in general, there are so many books out there mm-hmm. Um and most of them are nonfiction, so it's a great way to introduce students at that young age to nonfiction books. Absolutely. Um, there are books that will talk about, you know, the life cycle of an apple or a visit to an apple orchard. Um, and so that's a great way to expose the students to that early vocabulary as well, but also learn about the apples. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love that. And I think also some, just if you want to incorporate some multimedia or some types of videos, there's a ton of great, again, nonfiction videos, uh, how to, how to make an apple pie. What is the apple cider process like? And giving students context for some of those real life applications of how we see apples used um, in the world around us. Yeah. And one of the things I actually learned throughout this unit as well, I learned this year that it takes 36 to 40 40 apples to make one gallon of apple cider. Wow. That's a ton that. of apples. It's a ton of apples. Yeah, it really is. And half the apples produced in the United States 
goes towards making like apple cider, apple pie, and the other half are actually just eaten raw. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I love all these apple facts. Yeah. Amazing. Right? So <laughs> many good things. But maybe we should take a look now, uh, moving on to a little bit of math. I think, um, you know, the literacy, there's all those great books, but that also like just carries over into math and science a little bit as well. Absolutely. So with math, we did, we would actually have apples, physical, real apples in our classrooms throughout our whole apple unit. And we would oftentimes count a bushel of apples. You could do this as a whole group activity, everyone seated on the rug in kind of a large circle, or you could do it as a small group activity. Mm-hmm. And we also, as an extension of that, would then sort the apples. And we would, you know, have the, the volunteers come up and sort them by red, green, yellow apples. But then also we would compare the numbers, like how many yellow apples we have, which one do we have more of, which we have less of. So it's a really great way to use apples in this learning. And then as an extension of that, you can also graph the apples. Mm-hmm. So graph how many green apples you have, how many yellow apples you have, and how many red. And uh, we actually We'll graph a little bit later because sometimes we use the apples as a non-standard unit of measurement. Mm, so, that's so yeah, fun. this year I had all the students laying on the carpet and they had pairs and they measured each other in apples and we saw how tall each of the students was. And then they had to, um, and draw a little picture of themselves with all the apples lined up next to their bodies. I also took pictures and sent them home to the parents as well. And the parents were like, oh my gosh, thank you for sharing these pictures with us. The kids had a blast. Um, all the apples got really bruised, but you know what? <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's okay. It was and fun. I will, going back to sorting the apples, we, in my class, we used to play a little game where students would sort them and then the rest of the class would have to guess what attributes they sorted them by. Ooh, that's a good one. And they got so creative that you know some of the more obvious ones by red by yellow by green Mm -hmm. like you had mentioned but then I mean some students got so detailed that it was like by length of the stem or if the apples had a leaf or you know if they were partially red and partially green so it was really fascinating to see and again it just gives students that ownership and makes them excited about the learning taking place. Mm-hmm. One of my students' favorite activities, um, which is a little bit of science as well and literacy, is um, we did a apple taste test. Mm. So for snack one day, we gave all the students a piece of red then yellow, then green apple. And they had to describe how each one tasted like, oh, was it sour? Was it sweet? Was it crunchy? Was it cold? So working in that literacy, but then also doing a taste test of which one they liked the best. Mm -hmm. So we took count and then we graphed the student's uh, favorite apple. I love that. Yeah. And you could even make like a really cool bulletin board display of that. We'll see, we'll post some pictures of how Scott and I do have done some of these activities in our own classroom. So you get a sense, but it's such a great, um, you know, again, hands on opportunity for students to understand why graphing is important and in a real context of a taste test. Mm-hmm. I love it. And it's also fun too. Cause when we cut the apples up, I would cut them in halves and then force. And so we would talk uh, so a little bit about fractions, fractions right? Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of working that in there for the students as well. And there's a great book called apple fractions by Jerry Pilata, which, um, really breaks down the apple as well for the students in a, in a visual sense in a book. I love that. So, I mean, with math, there's so much you can do as we just described, but science, I feel like 
is uh, the possibilities are endless. We talked oh about gosh, the taste yes. test. We talked about, you know, the KWL chart and, and activating students' vocabulary for adjectives to describe apples, those types of things. But then you could make applesauce. Um, you can dissect an apple and then really use that to label the parts of an apple. Mm, yes. Um, and just even... Uh, observing apples, just like taking a look at them and seeing what's similar and what's different. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some of the apples have different shapes, different sizes. You may notice on the bottom of an apple where there's the opposite side of the stem, there's a little, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's actually the flower of the oh, apple yeah, that's yeah. dried I up. I know what you're talking and about. And like uh, some of the students were like, oh, that's so cool when they when they discovered it. So um, well, the big thing that I like to do with apples in science is one of the questions of the day I have is, do apples sink or float? Ooh. And it's so fascinating to see what the students guess. So throughout the, the first half of the day, the kids will come up and make tally marks and see. Um, and we did that this year as well. And I would say uh, eight of the kids thought uh, the, the apples would sink. Um, 11 of them thought they'd float mm. um, and the rest didn't vote. But I was like, well, how should we find out the answer? And the students came to the conclusion that we should put the apples in some water and see if they float. So it was it. great. It was a great Wait, way that okay, they so came about it. Do they sink or float? I mean, I think you know the answer to this <laughs> one. They obviously float, but the kids were like, oh my gosh, they float. Um, but one of the students made an observation that the bigger the apple, the deeper it went it okay. still floated, but I think it was just a case of that apple weighed more, sure. had more mass, so it sunk a little deeper, but it still floated. I love that. But That's they were paying close fun. attention. Yeah, and I mean, it kind of prompts the whole then scientific method, right? Coming right. up with a question, then creating a hypothesis, making observations, testing that hypothesis, coming to a conclusion. And kind of on that same note, you can, you know, after you cut apples, you could do a really cool experiment where students have to observe how quickly they brown or they wither or they dry up, right? Mm -hmm. um, and again, really promoting that scientific method, even at such an early age about making those observations, having that patience. It would be a really cool science journal activity for them to draw in their journal the different changes they see the apple go through once it's been cut so tons of tons of really cool activities to do there or even just like at the end of the unit like you said those apples get quite bruised so maybe doing something about how long does it take an apple to rot you know yes. students are always fascinated by some of that kind of some of the creepy gross yeah, stuff some of the gross stuff so that could be a really cool one too mm -hmm. and then i think for older students you know talking about all the different crossbreeds of apples, right? We have so many different types of apples. Mm -hmm. Now we've got the Honeycrisp and the Gala. And now I've been hearing about a Cosmic Crisp one, right? So there's so many ways that you could work in like just some general biology too. What are, I always forget the name of those squares. What are they called? Uh, the, the pundit squares? Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe do something cool like that. So there are a ton of, and also with a taste test with older students really getting into, okay, these are all apples. Yes. But some apples have a very different consistency than others. Sure. Um, a very different taste. So, you know, there's so much that you can explore by 
using such a simple, amazing mm-hmm. fruit. That can be found in our communities, which is great. Totally. And actually across the country. But yeah. speaking of variety of apples, do you know the official state apple of Illinois or the official Illinois state fruit? Well, wait, the official Illinois state fruit, is it an apple? It is an apple, but do you know what kind of apple it is? Um, no, I'm just going to guess Honeycrisp because it's my favorite. No, it is the Gold Rush apple. And it was designated that on August 21st, 2007. It's a sweet, tart, yellow apple with a long shelf life. Oh, that sounds delicious. I don't think I've ever... Heard I've never of heard or seen either. a gold rush. Where <laughs> do we get this? <laughs> anyway, just to wrap up science, I think one of the other activities that I do is I have the kids do a life cycle mm, of the great. apple or the apple tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also incorporates, you know, time looking at the seasons. Because in winter, the tree is pretty dormant and there's no leaves on it. And then as we move into spring, it starts to have those yellow or those pink and white flowers that then turn into the apples in the fall. Um, so it's a great way to really talk about the seasons as well as you know the life cycle that it just repeats over and over again. Absolutely. And I think that's a great introduction to kind of other life cycles too, because I know later on throughout the school year in kindergarten, especially we'll talk about life cycle of a butterfly. We'll talk about ponds mm-hmm. and life cycles of pond animals and plants. So it's a really nice way to give students a base knowledge for what is a life cycle and what does that mean? And then it's kind of something that they would be able to, um, you know, refer back to when, when they're learning about new topics as well. So I love that. Yeah. And it's a great connection too. Cause they, like I said, mentioned a little earlier, they do see these in their community when someone's like, I have an apple tree in my backyard. So, um, it's something they can relate to before they think about on a bigger scale. I love that. And then finally, I think probably my favorite part of our Apple unit is incorporating some art, right? And now I feel like it's important before we talk about some of our very adorable, very great Apple art projects. Why is art important when it comes to school and academics and early literacy and those types of things? Ooh, that is a great question. I mean, it is. I think one of the things is that it really promotes creativity and the kids to think outside the box and not every student learns the same way. So art can be a way for them to express themselves and represent what they're learning in a visual sense. Absolutely. In one of my DePaul classes that I teach, we have a whole class period dedicated to why art projects in early elementary grades are so important. And it goes you know, with fine motor skills, it's a great way to develop those fine motor skills in students. Can they cut? Can they glue? If not, this is great practice. It's also great for teachers, parents, whoever to see are students able to follow instructions, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that is not just for behavior, but more for their processing. Is there, you know, perhaps a processing issue at hand if students can't follow two-step instructions, things like that. So, Art projects are really great indicators too for for teachers and parents and adults about how a child is developing. Plus, it's just kind of like a hallmark of elementary school that I think, 
unfortunately, I see so many schools getting away from, which is so sad. And we're already in an era and time where there's so much screen time happening outside of school. We don't need even more screen time in school. Let's go back to the basics. Let's give students something hands-on that they can create and also feel proud of. Mm -hmm. And kind of like we talked about in our last episode, these art projects then that are important because they build those fine motor skills. They give us all these cues. They promote creativity, but they can also then be used as your classroom decorations. And it's a great way for students to feel excited about things that they have produced themselves. For sure. And you know, one of, I, I, I believe we share one of our favorite activities. Um, we did it for a lot of different seasons, um, was the stained glass yes. apple. So just using simple wax paper, tissue paper, and construction paper, and either glue stick or glue and a paintbrush, um, the kids can create these beautiful, I mean, they all turn out great. They really it do. does not matter like if, you know, the kid creates a mess and it just looks like a mess, it will turn out looking beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can hang it up in the windows. And I actually did it this year. Um, And I put it in the windows and just kind of like you said, um, someone from the administration staff walked by and said, oh, those are cute, but why? What was the point? And I was like, well, it's the beginning of the year. So number one, we want to put up some, you know, sort of decorations in the room. Number two, to kind of kick off our Apple sort of exploration. Um, But like you said, it was also a test to see how well the kids could use a glue stick if they Mm -hmm. knew how to use it, how to use the scissors. So we had to do a lot of like teaching in those moments. And it was quite clear which kids need some extra fine motor practice. So, um, but they all turned out amazing. I'm sure the classroom looks adorable. And the parents them uh, because they were up for our back to school parent night. So, um, But yeah, we've also used the stained glass activity for like Valentine's Valentine's Day Day, and Halloween. Well, and I will say when we were at, I know we talked about this in episode one too, but when we were at our, um, you know, former kindergarten class, their eighth grade graduation this past spring, a lot of students came up to Scott and I and they were like, oh my gosh, I still have the X, Y, or Z project that we made in your kindergarten class. And so it's those types of things that, yes, it's a craft at the end of the day, but if you make it meaningful, students are going to remember it. They're going to hold on to it. Parents will want to hold on to it. And so it just goes to show you that if, you know, all these years later, students are still talking about the stained glass apples we made, obviously it's important and it has a lasting impact. So, but some of the other ones that we do, if you're talking about labeling an apple, we've made, we've just taken a simple paper plate that has kind Mm. of the, um, what would you call that? Like the ridges around the, yeah. the, the circumference of it. And we cut that to make it look like a core. And then students have to color in, you know, the flesh and the seeds and in what pattern they are. So things like that, you could also do, um, apple tree life cycle and, you know, have a piece of brown construction paper and, you know, show the different phases of what an apple tree looks like. So lots of different options there. And like I said, we will definitely post some pictures of yeah. some of those projects. I think the other the two apple art projects that really stick out is um, sometimes will people uh, will cut apples in half mm-hmm. and um, do like apple prints, like dipping oh, yeah. them in tempura, 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 temp- that's a hard one to say tempura tempura yeah tempura is like tempura tempura. oh my gosh okay (laughs) you must be hungry (laughs) it's friday it's been a long day um and then do the do sort of the apple prints or make like an apple stamp and use that to stamp on, on a paper make a design so those are all sort of fun activities awesome 
Okay, we just threw a ton of information at, at you, but hopefully it gave you some practical ideas on how to incorporate apples into your classroom play dates or just family fun time. And the point here is really to use the natural world to capitalize on teachable moments and authentic learning. There's so much wonder and awe in the world around us in things as simple but as magnificent as apples. Yeah, and if we take the time to show our kids or our students or even ourselves all that we can learn from nature, then it's really going to instill that genuine love of learning. There's nothing like a nice hands-on learning experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We hope hearing about all these Apple-themed activities has opened your eyes to all that you can learn from this fall favorite fruit. And be sure to check out our Instagram to see those pictures and ideas that we've mentioned from Mind Scott's classrooms over the years. And also just see us enjoying apples in our personal lives. Uh, Wait, are you so going to make an apple pie? You love to bake. <laughs> I do love to bake. I did have a baking fail recently of an apple themed dessert. I know. I haven't shown any pictures because it really was a big fail. But um, That's like a first. I know. I know. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. But we'll definitely post some cute, uh, cheeky pictures of Scott and I with some apples. Because oh why not? You know, we love a fall fun photo op. So. Oh my gosh, of course. <laughs> All right, everyone. Happy fall. Thanks for listening. Bye.